Good morning. It is good to be back with you folks. Uh, appreciate you being here today. Um, I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. As you're turning there, let me explain to you that on Sunday nights we're doing a study through Hebrews chapter 11, looking at the great heroes of faith. Uh, there's one pivotal verse in this chapter that I thought that we, we would all need to hear, and so I want to just spend some time looking at that verse with you today, and then tonight in our Bible study we'll go a little bit deeper into this chapter. For those of you who have not been with us on Sunday nights, let me kind of set the stage for you. As the chapter opens, we're told what faith is. Look at verse 1, Hebrews 11.1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients or the people of the Old Testament were commended for. This is what the people of the Old Testament, the ancients, were commended for. And then this chapter is the story of 15 great men and women of God, 15 great men and women of faith who are mentioned by name. 15 men and women from the Old Testament who are mentioned by name for their great acts of faith. For example, in Hebrews 11 Verse 4, it begins this way, by faith, Abel. And in verse 5, by faith, Enoch. Verse 7, by faith, Noah. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, etc., etc. And it goes all the way through the chapter like that, mentioning great men and women from the Old Testament who did what they did by faith. <clears throat> and then in addition to these 15 that are mentioned, there are thousands of other heroes of the faith who are mentioned in this chapter but not mentioned by name. For example, in verse 29, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. So in that verse, it's talking about all the people that came out of the, the uh, slavery in Egypt, so that could be up to 2 million people. So this chapter is dealing with the lots and lots of, of people who are following God. And the one quality, the one great quality that they all seem to possess is that they had this ability to overcome what they were facing by faith. And yet in the midst of those fascinating stories and in the midst of those fascinating verses, there is one verse that stands out above the rest. There is one verse in this chapter that really makes us pause for a moment because nearly every verse in this chapter is talking about faith except for one verse. In sharp contrast to the entire chapter, one verse warns us about what happens when we fail to trust God. I want you to look at chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. As I read this verse, I was struck by two words, and I want you to mark them in your Bible. It's the two words, without faith. In this chapter on faith, the writer of Hebrews pauses and says, let me help you understand what it's like to live without faith. Let me show you the, the reason you need to have faith. And so he talks about what it's like to live without faith. And the Greek word without, I studied that, and the Greek word there means apart from faith, separate from faith, living a life that is void of faith. And would you agree those words seem 
inappropriate for the child of God. They seem almost odd to us. They seem cold and dark and, and godless, that we could live a life void of faith. We could live a life separated from faith. But in fact, that is what we can do and what we so often do. Now, why is this verse in this great chapter of faith? Why in this wonderful chapter of faith of 15 people mentioned by name and hundreds of thousands or millions of people mentioned in other verses, why in this verse where faith is celebrated, is there one verse that talks about living without faith? Why is that verse needed? And I think this is the reason. Because when it comes to faith, I'm not always a hero, and I bet sometimes maybe you're not either. I'm not always a hero of faith. I don't always believe like I should believe. I don't always trust like I should trust. And my guess is, sometimes you're not either. You see, I believe that we are all tempted to live without faith. I believe that we are in situations sometimes, we have to make decisions, and sometimes we will make those decisions without faith. Sometimes we're faced with challenges and, and, and problems, and, and if we're not careful, we, we will face those without faith. It's so easy to let doubt take over. It's so easy to let doubt control us. You see, when we come to a chapter like this, especially if we are going through something difficult or we're facing a big challenge or a big decision, when we read a, a chapter like this of the great heroes of the faith, it's tempting sometimes to look at that and say, that's not me. I don't have that. I mean, it's wonderful to read about Noah and Abraham and all their faith in God, but I'm struggling to believe. I'm struggling to trust. You see, we know what it's like, if we're honest. We know what it's like to have a chance to do something for God and respond without faith. We know what it's like to have perhaps marital problems or money problems or medical problems and respond to those problems without faith. We've all probably made big decisions in life, sometimes decisions that shape our lives, and yet we make those decisions without faith. We know what it's like to stay in our comfort zone. We know what it's like to have a God-given opportunity, and we choose to stay in our comfort zone. And we do that without faith. And here's what the Bible says in verse 6. And this is what we're going to dig into. The Bible says when we live without faith, when we respond without faith, I want you to notice the outcome of that, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible Please, God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And let me be clear. There is a difference between His love for you and being pleased with you. Any parent knows that difference, right? Have you ever had a situation with your kids where they did something wrong, they did something that did not please you, but yet you still love them, right? The Bible says that's the way it is with God, that there are times in our lives when God watches the way that we live, and when we live without faith, when we choose not to trust Him, the Bible says He is not pleased. doesn't mean that He does not love you anymore, but He is not pleased with what He sees in you. Now, I don't know about you, but this verse just kind of grabs me. This verse is one of those verses that kind of scares me a little bit. It says, let me say it again, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. I was thinking about my own life and 
And, and just be patient. Let me walk through this, and you'll, I, I think you'll understand why I'm sharing this with you. I was thinking about my own life that when I was 17 years old, I surrendered my life to vocational ministry. 17 years old, I said, God, for the rest of my life, I surrender that to you. And then I went off to college and then to two seminaries. I spent about 10 years of my life, nearly 10 years, preparing for vocational ministry. Then I spent the last 30 years of my life serving in vocational ministry. I mean, there's hardly a day that goes by that I'm not trying to do something good somewhere. There's hardly a day that goes by that I'm not trying to help somebody somewhere. Now, the reason I tell you that is this. Add all of that up. The Bible says, but without faith, none of that is pleasing to God. Without faith, doesn't matter what you've done. Without faith, you are not pleasing to God. You see, the writer of Hebrews makes a a bold, decisive, startling statement in verse 6 that I want to make sure you grab hold of. I want it to shock you. I want it to make you look at it and say, oh my goodness. Here's what he says. Without faith, it is, what's that next word? It is what? Say it louder. It is what? Impossible. It's the Greek word adunatos. You could translate it this way. It is not even within the realm of possibility. Adunatos. It's not even within the realm of possibility. It's the exact same word that is used in chapter 6 of Hebrews, verse 18. Let's go over there for a moment, just so you'll, you can see how this word is used and get a, an idea of what it means. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is adunatos for God to lie. It is impossible for God to lie. There is absolutely no way it can happen is what the verse means. It's not even within the realm of possibility for God to lie. Now that same word is used in Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's not even in the realm of possibility. No, wait a minute, Lord. What about if I've surrendered my life to you? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Wait a minute, Lord. What about if I've spent 10 years of my life preparing for this ministry? Without faith, it is a dunitas. It is impossible. What if I've spent 30 years of my life serving you? Without faith, it is a dunitas. It is impossible. Please God. It's not even in the realm of possibilities without faith. You see, here's what God wants you to understand. No Christian and no church can be pleasing to God when we are not trusting Him. Faith is an indispensable part of every Christian's life. It is not just something for the Old Testament heroes of the faith. Faith is an indispensable part of your life and my life. Do you know what the word indispensable means, by the way? It means you can't live without it, right? I mean, for example, food is a pretty important part of your life, isn't it? 
I know you can do without it a little bit, and you might fast for a day or two. You might fast for a few days. But eventually, you're going to need to eat. Food is an indispensable part of your life. You, you really can't live without it very long. You can live for a while, but not really long. It's an indispensable part of life. Water is an indispensable part of life. You can live without it for a while. But eventually, you have to have water if you're going to survive. It's indispensable. Air is an indispensable part of your life. You cannot live without it. Now, you can try, and you can live without it for a while. I mean, right now, you can just <gasps> take a deep breath. And you can live without air for a while. But eventually, <sighs> you're going to need air. It's indispensable. You can't live without it. And this is what the Word of God says. The Word of God says faith is indispensable to your walk with God. It's not just extra credit that Christians who are kind of advanced do. Faith is indispensable part of life. It's an indispensable part of your walk with God. You need faith as much as you need water and air and food. Physically, you need it to survive. Spiritually, you need faith to survive. Now, why is faith so indispensable? Because, number one, your faith demonstrates that you believe that God is real. He tells us that in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because, here's the reason, anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists. Your faith demonstrates that you believe that God is real. A couple of examples. We're going to dig into this tonight deeper. But, for example, verse 7, Noah. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. You know why Noah built that ark? Because he believed that God was real. And God said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. You know why he did it? Because he believed God was real. God told him to do it. Faith starts with this belief that God does exist. That there is a God of the universe. God does exist. So that's where faith starts. Noah believed that God does exist. And when God told him to do something, listen, if God tells you to do it, then you do it because He's real. And another example, again, we'll dig into this deeper tonight, but Abraham, verse 8, by faith Abraham, when called to go to a place who would later receive his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Why? Because faith demonstrates that you believe God is real. And when Abraham got the call from God and God said, I want you to go to this place, I'll show you where it is, he did it. You know why? Because God is real. You see, listen to this. Faith is not just a declaration that you believe God. It's not just a declaration that God is real. Faith is a demonstration that God is real. You see, we talk about stepping out in faith. You know why we talk about stepping out in faith? We talk about it that way because faith is an action word. Faith is not just something we say we believe. Faith is something we demonstrate. Faith is something that we live out. And so faith demonstrates what you believe about God. Now, i got a, a hard question for you. 
What's the opposite of faith? It took a while to get the right answer this morning. I'm hoping you're going to do better. What's the opposite of faith? Did somebody say doubt? Yeah. When we fail to live by faith, you know what we're doing? We're demonstrating doubt in God. Now let that sink in for a moment. When you fail to live by faith, you're demonstrating doubt in God. Now, isn't there an Old Testament story about some people who did that? Isn't there a story in the Old Testament about God's people getting on the edge of the promised land, on the edge of the greatest blessing of their life, and yet they didn't feel like they could do it, and their, their faith in God gave way to doubt, and they turned around and walked away from that blessing? You know why? They stopped trusting God. And the Bible doesn't say this explicitly, but I believe that when they turned away and walked away, I believe it broke God's heart. Because his own people wouldn't trust him. His own people doubted him. Faith is important because it is the way that we demonstrate what we believe about God. Faith demonstrates something else. Number two, faith also demonstrates that God rewards those who trust him. Look what it says in verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God because, number one, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and, number two, that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith demonstrates that God rewards those who trust him. I'm going to make a statement. Maybe somebody will say amen because it is so true and it is so accurate. Listen to me. The man or the woman who trusts God is never a loser. Isn't that right? The man or the woman who trusts God is never a loser. Abraham. Just read the stories. Abraham, Noah, Sarah, Moses, Rahab, Joshua. They all believed God and they showed it by their actions. And God rewarded them for their faith. Abraham became the father of many nations. Noah became a... Uh, uh, and his family were saved from the flood. Sarah had a baby in her 90s. Moses led the P Hebrew people out of Egypt. Joshua entered the promised land that his forefathers had failed to go into. In different ways, they all demonstrated that they believed that God rewards those who earnestly seek Him. They, in different ways, they stepped out in faith. They, they, they exercised their faith. And when they did, they found out that God rewarded their trust. I love the story of Adoniram Judson. True story in the 1800s, early 1800s, Adoniram, Adoniram Judson moved to Burma as a missionary. Took him a long time to get there, but it was his, his life's goal to go plant himself in Burma, translate the scripture into the language of the people, and tell them about Jesus. Adoniram had gone to Burma with his wife, and when he got there, he labored there for seven years, seven years with no converts. He had served in Burma for seven years, and not one single person came to faith in Christ. In his seventh year, while still serving faithfully, still trusting, still, still, still sharing, 
still translating the scriptures. The government authorities found out about him and they recognized that he was translating the scriptures into the language of the people and they felt threatened by it, so they put him in prison. He was in a prison cell that was somewhat below the ground and there was a window just about ground level, had bars on it, just a small window with bars right at ground level. And every day his wife would come to see him and bring him a meal. Every day she'd come and she'd kneel down and put that, that meal between the bars, give him some food. Every day she would visit with him briefly and, and, and that's just what they did because he was in prison for having been working on translating the scriptures. One day she came to, to give him the meal and, and as she put the meal between the bars, uh, she said, Adoniram, we, we've got a letter from our supporters back home. And they've got a question. They want to know, what is it that you need? Looking down in that prison cell, the man who had spent seven years in Burma without one single convert, the man who was in prison because he was translating the scriptures uh, into the language of the people, when she said, Was it, what is it you need? He said, tell them to send a communion set. We're going to need one of those one day. Isn't that amazing? Not one single convert. Tell them to send a communion set. We're going to need one of those one day. You know what? He served there for 38 years. And at the end of 38 years, he left 100 churches behind and 8,000 converts. Someone traced back his life and they said, actually, you could actually, when you start tracing the whole tree of what he did, 600,000 people came to faith in Christ through his life and ministry. Tell them to send a communion set. We're going to need one of those one day. See, faith believes that God is real and that God rewards those who diligently seek him. But even if you're in a prison cell and you've had zero converts, it doesn't change who God is. God's still God. It doesn't change who God is. So you keep trusting. You should keep believing. And you tell your wife, tell them to send a communion set. We're going to need one of those one day. Now, the opposite of that, the opposite of that is to stop trusting God. The opposite of that is to doubt God. The opposite of that is to no longer believe. I want you to notice explicitly what he says here at the end of the verse. Without faith, it is impossible to believe or to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who, what's that next word? Those who what? Earnestly. Those who earnestly seek him. Somebody said that he pleases God best who trust him most. See, faith is simply trust. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to... Trust God in all things. I'm going to cling to Him and follow Him. I'm going to trust God. And God may have brought you here today because in your situation, 
As you're wrestling with your present situation, God wants to know, do you still believe that I'm real? And are you still going to trust me in these days? God says, when you do that, He is a rewarder of those who diligently trust Him. Wouldn't it be awful if your kids didn't trust you? Wouldn't it break your heart if you wanted to do something good for your children, but he or she, your child, just didn't trust you? You had good intentions. You had the resources and the means to help them, but they wouldn't let you do that because they didn't trust you. They doubted your love. They doubted your concern. They doubted what you would do or could do. That would break your heart. It breaks God's heart when we don't trust Him. So in this chapter about the great heroes of the faith, he gives us one verse to say, not all of us are heroes. And sometimes we struggle to believe. But you need to keep believing that God is and that, not, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently, earnestly seek Him. Let's pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. As you face perhaps that test in life, or as you face that big decision you're wrestling with, as you face perhaps a new opportunity, the question is really so simple. Will you really trust God in all things? Faith is not just a declaration that you trust God. Faith is a demonstration that you trust Him. Perhaps God's asking you to follow Him, but He's not showing you the map. It would be wonderful if He did, if He mapped it all out, if He explained everything. But right now, perhaps God's asking you to follow Him, taking a step of faith, and He's not showing you the map. The question is, will you cling to Him, and will you follow Him simply because you trust Him. No other reason except you trust Him. You believe He really is God. And you believe He really will reward your trust in Him. I pray, Lord, as we make our decisions, as we decide we're going to trust You, as we wrestle with doubt sometimes. Remind us of this truth by your Holy Spirit. And may you help us, Lord, in our faith, like the man who once said, I believe, help thou my unbelief. I pray that in Christ's name. Amen.